guys, it's Sally Illingworth. Um, I'm back with the Six Podcast. So for those of you who have been tuning in for a while, uh, you've probably noticed that I'm no longer calling the podcast the Raw Explorer. Instead, I have rebranded it to the Six Podcast, which is an acronym for the Sally Illingworth Experience Podcast. Um, so there are a couple of reasons why I did this. Uh, I'm still quite a curious individual and want to explore all sorts of things really rawly with you guys and just talk about the truth and massive transparency. Um, but the reason I rebranded is because that brand will sort of filter through to um, a few other activities that I'm involved with and initiatives that I will have in place. So that's the reason why. But long story short, uh, I want to get on with today's episode. If you missed the last episode, so my most recent episode was actually with the gorgeous Elena Cardone. Um, so she is a very impressive woman, but more importantly, she's actually incredibly empowering. And it was such a fascinating experience to sit down and speak with her um, in such a casual environment because what happened is I realized that probably much like you and I, Elena and I had so much in common. So both Elena and I have had to overcome self-doubt. Both of us have had to deal with making mistakes and both of us have had to become our own best friends. And I think there's so many significant learnings in this. And if you haven't listened to the episode, I recommend you check it out. It only goes for 20 minutes. Um, but I suppose the amount of perspective and empowerment that she provides during that episode is absolutely incredible. Um, but what was super interesting about it is that I was in this really fascinating headspace, right, where I was asking Elena all of these questions that I wanted answered. So in a weird way, I was selfishly interviewing her. And it was such a profound experience because one, it allowed me to sort of vent in some sort of capacity. Two, it allowed me to speak to someone and, and, and incidentally and indirectly seek advice from someone that uh, I suppose I, I look up to to an extent in some sort of way. Um, so it was this really incredible experience. And then off the back of the session, I listened to the audio and I watched the video and I thought, wow, do you know how many people are going to enjoy this? Do you know how many people are going to get value out of this? Anyway, long story short, I don't want to talk about Elena for this whole episode, not because I'm not a huge fan of her work, but one, I don't want to sound like I've got some sort of girl crush on her, but I'm just telling you, if you haven't checked out the episode, go and check it out. It's called the Elena Cardone episode um, and you can find it on my channel. But anyway, the reason I wanted to jump on and chat with you today is because really interesting. So I was just listening to um, Natalie Workman's, one of her uh, podcast episodes. If you don't know her, she's got a podcast called uh, Age Gap Realness that she does with her partner most of the time. Um, anyway, there's like 25 years age difference between the two of them. Um, really, really cool chick. I came across her stuff on Instagram recently. And so I've just started tuning in a little bit more to see what she's up to um, and what her thinking is like. And anyway, after after listening to her one of her podcast episodes, I came across one of my podcast episodes back when we were the Raw Explorer um, that I published on the 25th of September 2018. Currently, it is the 24th of September 2019. So we are one day away from that last official podcast that I posted, um, you know, almost yeah, one year ago that I did that. And the reason I want to talk to you guys about that is not about the podcast necessarily, technically speaking. Um, the podcast is, I'm looking at it right now, it's called 2.20 a.m., right? Like written out, not like a, the numerical two. It's like 2.20 a.m. 
And anyway, during that podcast, I'd recorded it at about 2.20 a.m. Um, on the 25th of September, 2018. So a couple of hours from now, 365 days ago, thereabouts. And, you know, it's really fascinating listening to what I was talking about back then. Um, and I just wanted to touch on this with you guys because in that podcast episode, you can go and check it out if you want. It is on my channel. Really interesting. Um, I was talking a lot about the idea of sunk cost and managing change and being in uncomfortable situations. And I can tell you right now, I know exactly what was going through my mind at 2.20 a.m. this time last year. I know exactly what was going on. And it's fascinating because in hindsight, when I listen to the podcast, I'm always like so cryptic, right? Like I don't, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve, but I don't really give people the intimate details. Um, And that's just for a, I suppose, self-preservation thing, you know, fear of being absolutely vulnerable. Um, Even though I'm vulnerable every single day, especially because I put myself out on video across the world wide web all the time um, with zero fear. Um, don't I lie? There's a little bit of fear deep down. But anyway, the reason I wanted to talk about this, a couple of reasons. Okay. First things first is holy shit, is it just me or has the last year gone incredibly quickly? I cannot, it has been, believe it has been 12 months since I did that episode. And it's not like it's been sort of lingering in the back of my mind, like, oh, I know I did a podcast 12 months ago. I sort of just came across the podcast now, which has inspired this podcast. But now in hindsight, I'm like, wow, what have I done for the last 12 months? Have you ever felt that? Were you sort of like questioning yourself, like, God damn it, Sally, what have you even done for the last 12 months? Where's that time gone? You know, where have you spent it all? Um, so I think that's the first thing, right, that I really want to talk about is, you know, like I, I don't know about you, but like, I always feel like I'm under so much pressure. You know, I operate at 2000 kilometers an hour. I'm always just sort of full speed ahead, just rush ahead, do all my stuff, you know, keep going, you know, barely any time to sleep, barely any time to eat. And that's just the way I operate. But, you know, I think what's really important is that, and I'm starting to try and do this a bit more lately, you know, I've had a really defining 12 months to say the least, as I'm sure you have as well. Um, Mine's been rather unique, you know, um, particularly within the context of my own life and, you know, prior years and what I have as a point of comparison. But, you know, I think what's most important, I'm realizing this more and more lately, is that, you know, it's really important that we remind ourselves that we are on time, okay? Because I think particularly in today's uh, landscape where we're consuming so much content through social media, we're more privy to other people's lives than we've ever been before. What happens is we establish these really unrealistic, not relevant expectations of what our own life should look like, right? Or we feel like we've got to keep up with the rat race, or we feel like we're going to miss out. Have you heard of FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, it's real. I'm telling you it's real. And for someone like me, who people, I'm so honored how many people look up to me, how many people seek me out for advice, how many people come to me with all sorts of challenges and they rely upon me and they trust me. Most importantly, they trust me to provide them with perspective and guidance. And I'm so honored for that. Um, but I can honestly say as well, I'm victim to this, this mindset of fear of missing out. And it's really crippling. And I think it can become highly dangerous. Because what happens is we struggle to actually remain focused and we too easily deviate from why we got started in the first place. And since starting my entire career, entrepreneurial journey, if you like, by the way, remind me, entrepreneurship, that's another thing I want to talk to you about. But, um, you know, ever since starting my career, like, you know, I've always just operated at the speed of light and, and whatnot. But what I'm realizing more and more is that tell yourself, it's okay. I am on time. Like it is fucking okay. 
I am on time, you know, and, and I think that's really important and, and really, really healthy. Um, because now I'm going to dive into a conversation about entrepreneurship and I've had this really cool experience lately, um, which relates to entrepreneurship. So for those of you who don't know, I'm going to give you a quick gist. So, uh, where do we start? So my career started in the pizza industry. So I got my first job when I was in Sydney, Australia, right? First official job. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I had briefly had a job at a cafe in Darwin, Northern Territory prior to that. Um, but I probably only worked there for a couple of months and I used my money that I got paid my like $7 per hour on things I shouldn't have been buying. Hint, hint. I'm sure you can pick up what I'm putting down. Um, anyway, so it didn't really count. So, and the only reason I was working there anyway is because my older sister was working there like two days a week, like Saturday, Sunday. And anyway, long story short, she got kicked out of home. They needed someone anyway. I had racked up a thousand dollar phone bill in one month. And my mum went absolutely ballistic and told me I had to get off my ass and go and work to pay back the phone bill because I was like, you know, $950 over the budget, over the plan. But anyway, that's besides the point. So back to the moral of the story. So I got my first official by choice voluntary job. (laughs) When I was living in Sydney, I'd I'd been in Sydney for about a year, moved out of home when I was 15 and living with my dad's at the time business partner. Anyway, and this family that I was living with were just like absolutely loaded, right? Like we were living in a $15 million mansion in Sydney's upper North Shore, Chinese family that had two kids. One was two years old at the time. One was four years old. Anyway, they relocated to Sydney from Darwin to put their kids into private school at Knox. And, you know, we were all on a holiday in Singapore and whatnot. He said, oh, why don't you come to Sydney? And you know, you can finish school down there, go to a great school, whatever. I knew I was going absolutely nowhere in Darwin, right? And not a lot of people know this, but I was doing all the wrong things, you know, like I was into all the drugs, I was into all the bad boys and all that sort of stuff, right? I just was this really unhealthy mix um, of, I suppose, extracurricular activities because, mind you, I was supposed to be at school, um, but that wasn't exactly happening. I get this, right? So funny. I used to call the school. I do not endorse this, by the way, at all none of this. Um, but I used to call the school and pretend to be my mum and say that I wasn't coming in because I had a doctor's appointment or whatever. And oh my God, I totally freaked this one time. There was a new receptionist because I used to always call up a private number so they couldn't see the mobile smart. But one time there was this new receptionist and the receptionist, this new receptionist decided to be a really good law abiding citizen, identify that I was calling off a private number. So, you know, took the initiative to find my mum's mobile number in the school system, call her back apparently and confirm that she made the call. Turns out my mum obviously didn't make the call. So my mum called me and uh, I got into a bit of trouble. Anyway, long story short. So I was in Sydney, okay, living with this Chinese family, $15 million mansion. Now, bit of context. When I was growing up, as you can imagine, as you can probably envision based on the first job I got where I was washing dishes at a cafe about 40 kilometers out of Darwin CBD in the middle of nowhere. Um, when I was growing up, if I wanted $20 to go to the cinema with some friends, guess what I had to do? I had to vacuum and mop like a 300 square foot house. That was just the way it went, right? No carpet as well. It was all completely tiled. So there were no shortcuts and I had to do the whole bloody house. So that's the way I was raised. And then when I was living in this mansion in Sydney, going to one of Sydney's most prestigious uh, all-girls schools, which is a fantastic school. I didn't quite fit in, but nonetheless, it is a highly sought-after school. Anyway, and given the environment I was living in and all that sort of stuff, I couldn't do house chores because guess what happens when you've got a $15 million mansion? You have housemates, a husband and wife duo from New Zealand living in the property in the secondary house that exists on the bottom floor of 
the property, right? Okay, a bit hard to picture, but just imagine something really fucking big with like five levels, an underground car park with 20 car spots, all that sort of stuff, right? So long story short, I couldn't vacuum and mop the house, let alone wipe a bench with a chucks to make 20 bucks if I wanted 20 bucks. So instead, I get handed cash every single day and I was doing nothing to earn it. This really got on my nerves. And about a year after I'd been there, my dad was in Sydney visiting with his business partner and we were all having dinner and I said, Oh, I think I'm going to go get a job. You know, I just want to make some money. Like I just don't want to pay for my own, you know, you guys to pay for all my stuff because guys, I'd wake up, I'd go downstairs and there was a green hundred dollar bill sitting on the kitchen bench with a note saying, here's some money for uh, lunch at school. Like what sort of kid, what sort of 16, 17 year old kid needs a hundred dollars for a school lunch? I mean, it's, it's a fucking canteen. You know how cheap shit is there? Anyway, besides the point, so I went and got a job. Um, I handed out what I called at the time a resume. In hindsight, it doesn't really look like a resume. What I called a resume at the time to all of the shops near the closest train station. So I went down there, handed out, didn't really care where I was handing out the resume. I just wanted money at that point. And not 30 minutes later, I was walking back home. I just sort of handed out all these bits of paper. And this woman calls me and she's like, oh, we'd love to give you a job. You know, come in on Wednesday for a trial. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. What business are you calling from? Because I had no idea. I'd handed out probably nine pieces of paper. I don't even want to say resume. If you look at it, it was not a resume. Um, it was like more like a journal entry or something. I had, I have no idea. Right. But anyway, it wasn't a CV. And so I said, yeah, sure. No problem. Didn't really care where it was. Right. This is the moral of the story. Did not care. I was on a mission and I just wanted to achieve something and I was willing to do whatever it took to get there. Right. So that's when the first signs of my entrepreneurial spirit, if you like, started to come out. Right. I had a mission. I had a purpose. And of course it wasn't to build the next unicorn product and or service, but I had a mission nonetheless. Right. I wanted to make money and I was willing to do whatever it took to get to that point. So I took on this job. Anyway, long story short, um, my career escalated quite quickly and I progressed corporately. Then I opened my own business under that franchise model, all that sort of stuff. So I suppose the general gist of it is that ever since really starting my career, I've had this sort of essence of an entrepreneurial spirit, right? But at the same time, it's super fascinating because I work really fucking well when I am doing work for someone else, you know, and, and I don't know exactly what it is. Like, I think, you know, I'm very task orientated, right? And, and, and so like you give me a task or you give me a problem and I'll like, I might sit there for, you know, 6.25 months analyzing the problem and then I'll come up with a solution. I'll pass you the solution. I'll tell you how to go and implement the solution and then give me the next problem. I don't want to live in the past, right? That's very much how my mind works. And it's really fascinating in this sense because I've gotten to this super interesting point in my current business whereby I've realized that I need a manager, okay? And not a manager where I'm employed by them and they pay me a salary and all that sort of stuff. I need a manager. I need someone to help me stay on track, stay focused and whatnot. Because when you've got a spirit like me, which is highly fucking opportunistic, I mean, you know, I just jump at anything. And because I love a challenge and I love learning things and all that sort of stuff, what happens is something exciting will come up or someone will be building a product, you know, a tech-based product or whatever. And I just want to help everyone. And I, and I just want to challenge, right? I want to fix things. I love fixing things. And I love investigating things to get to the bottom of a challenge, you know, and then go, here's the finding, you know, took me six months to get there, but here's the finding. Now you go and implement. Don't worry about paying me. I don't need the money. It's not about the money. I just want to be really fucking good at what I do. And I want to know a whole bunch of stuff, right? That's my mentality. So 
Anyway, I've come to this really pivotal point in my career and in my business as an entrepreneur, if you like. Um, but it's weird in that sense, right? Because yeah, I'm kind of like entrepreneurial, but I also like need someone to manage me, not own me and employ me, but manage me where I consult with them and go, Hey, Bob, I've got this opportunity, this opportunity, this prospective client, that prospective client, you know, this potential collaboration opportunity, which way do I go? And just need someone to provide me with that set of direction and just really help me to keep on track because I swear to God, sometimes like I have like ADHD, like attention deficit disorder, big time, you know, because like it's just something shiny comes up and I just want to go and change the world with it. But anyway, so that's a little bit about me, but I suppose what I, the reason I really wanted to share that with you guys is because, you know, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? Like a ton of pressure. And this sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of social media and the fear of missing out and all that sort of stuff is that we put so much pressure on ourselves, you know, to figure it out. Like, I mean, what the heck does figuring out even mean anyway? We're forever going to be figuring it out in our entire lives. I mean, one of my sisters, right, we had some sort of dispute over something when she was working for me in the pizza business, and that's fine. And I'll never forget, she said to me one day when she, you know, had a pants twisted and all that sort of crap anyway and she said told one of our mutual friends she said oh I'll talk to Sally once I've figured it out and I remember at the time this is like two or three years ago going are you fucking kidding me what does that even mean you're going to be figuring it out until the day you leave this earth that's what life's about right and then recently obviously going through this really pivotal time for myself I've realized that I subconsciously put so much pressure on myself to have it figured out And I want to talk about this because if you're doing the same thing, like we need to address this, right? We really need to address this because I think, you know, especially in the process of consuming all this content from social media, what happens is we develop all these unrealistic ideas about what our lives should look like and what we should be doing and the way we should be thinking and, and all that sort of stuff. And quite frankly, it's all a load of bullshit. Everyone is on their own time. Everyone is running their own race. So I think what we need to do is stay in our own lane, own our own lane. Of course, be mindful of what's going on around you and all that sort of stuff. I mean, don't be naive about it. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we need to be highly realistic with ourselves. And guess what? Babe, if you change your mind in the middle of your career, I don't care if you're 32 or 61, it doesn't matter. Change your mind. Don't worry about changing your mind. You could be 17 right now, you know, going on the end of school. You've told your parents that you want to go to university and study ABC. And then you're feeling right now that you actually don't want to go and do that anymore. Well, then you need to change your mind and you need to tell people about that. And I know it sounds ridiculous sometimes, like, like to think like this to that extent, because I'm not saying to go and start a war in your life with different people that you've made different commitments to and all that sort of stuff. But I'm telling you right now that don't stay stuck on a decision that you made, whether it was five years ago, five months ago, five weeks ago, five days ago, or five seconds ago. Don't stay stuck, stay stuck on a decision because you feel like you have to have it all figured out and you feel like that you have to let go of ego and pride in order to change your mind. Because guess what? If you want to have a fulfilling life, if you really want to enjoy everything that you're doing, then you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to let go of the ego. You're going to have to let go of the pride. And I'll tell you what, it's fucking hard. (laughs) Like, Have you ever been in a scenario where you're like, oh shit, you know, like I really got to change course here. Like up in head and right, 
for the last 103 kilometers and I've just realized now at 103.5 kilometers that I've got to turn left. Wow, this is not good. And then guess what starts coming into our heads? Oh my God, what is everyone going to think of me? So my advice to you, and look, I'm taking my own advice and I'm going to be honest with you, get ready for discomfort. Become comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the thing I'm always telling people to do because guess what? Your whole journey, my whole journey, everyone's whole journey is filled with tons of discomfort. And of course, there's some great comfort along the way, especially if you've got a great sofa. But the moral of the story is that if we don't become comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable, we're going to find it very, very difficult to make profound, pivotal, and really defining decisions in our lives that best serve us and everyone else around us. So anyway, that's my wrap up for today. I don't want to rant all night. Okay, so it's 11.26 p.m. here in Sydney, Australia, 24th September, 20. 2019. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Six Podcast, and I'd love to have you back. Um, so if you want to know when the next episode is live, please do subscribe to my channel. It's on SoundCloud. It's on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to have you back because um, I'm really looking forward to sharing some more content with you and really just speaking my truth to you, right? Because I think, you know, speaking to a really good friend, trusted advisor of mine the other day, and you know, he was talking about this idea that inspiration comes from the truth. How fucking profound is that, right? Like, how true is that? Do you know how we get inspired? We get inspired by hearing the truth. Um, And that's really what I want to aim to do here with the six podcasts, with every piece of content that I put out with you guys, is really just inspire you through providing you with my truth. And hopefully, if you're not already doing that, that inspires you to share your own truth as well. So take care, have a great week on purpose, and I will speak to you next time.